the story of a boy who dreamed of becoming a man, but dreamed up a monster instead. It has hunted you since the summer of 1994, back when we confessed who we were through mixtapes, when every movie at the video store had dirty heads. You were 13 and thought you knew who you were, only the shadow with too many teeth knew you better. It still does, and it won't stop, not until you come home, back to where it all began. Part cosmic horror, part coming of age story, Dirty Heads is a terrifying read from the author of House of Size, The Fallen Boys, and A Place for Sinners. Out now. It was as if the video had unzipped my skin, slunk inside my tapered flesh, and become one with me. From the creator of This Is Horror comes a new nightmare for the digital age, The Girl in the Video by Michael David Wilson. After a teacher receives a weirdly arousing video, his life descends into paranoia and obsession. More videos follow, each containing information no stranger could possibly know. But who's sending them, and what do they want? The answers may destroy everything and everyone he loves. The girl in the video is the ring meets fatal attraction for the iPhone generation. Available now in paperback, ebook, and audio. Welcome to Dead Space Spotlights. This is a mini episode, Dead Headspace, with a read-in. Today, we are talking to the author of Pteranodon Canyon, Tim Myers. Say hi, Tim. Howdy. And of course, that's appropriate. And of course, I am your host, Patrick R. McDonough, joined always by my co-host, Brian Faro. Oh my God, I love that coffee mug. Say hi, Brian. I'm just going to admire the coffee mug. Uh, hello. Good coffee mug. Come on, man. Be professional. Uh, Tim, I'm very silly. Sorry, Tim. Tell it's us what. Bad. Tell us what you're reading today. Uh, tonight, I am going to read from my latest book, uh, Pteranodon Canyon, which uh, comes out April 22nd. Everywhere books are sold um, in paperback and ebook. So. I just finished that today. Um, oh. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll keep it to bullet points. Thought it was a great ride from the very beginning. Uh, it was, it reminded me of so many things from like our collective childhood. Like, I love Jurassic Park. A big game that I loved growing up was the Turok, the Dinosaur Hunter series. Yes, Turok. <laughs> love Turok. And of course, like we're all horror fans, so it had the blood and guts. In it wasn't. You did something interesting, and after I make this comment, uh, Brennan, please jump in. You did something interesting where it really is a balancing act of um, if there's too much blood, it could be comical. But it, I thought you did a good job balancing out uh, the funness, but not being silly. Um, Brennan, take us away, sir. 
No, I th- you, you know, you mentioned Jurassic Park and that's exactly the vibe I got from that. And even to your comment about uh, the balance of, you know, uh, of, of blood and guts without going overboard. I mean, I feel like Jurassic Park pulled that off and maybe it's just because we are about that age. I think um, oh, I would have been eight when Jurassic Park came out. It's one of the very first movies that I have a really like vivid memory of going to see in the theaters. It's just, you know, absolute game changer. So I had to imagine that was a huge influence, you know, on deciding that your Western needs dinosaurs. So uh, tell, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Was that a formative movie for you? Oh yeah. Jurassic Park was huge for me. I was also, I think eight when that movie came out and uh it was just everywhere and you know already being obsessed with dinosaurs as a kid it was just like just so huge in my life and uh i don't think i've ever worn out a vhs cassette (laughs) except for that one like i literally had to buy like two or three of those because i just watched that movie so much so yeah, that was a that's a huge influence on me, man. Uh, a lot of my stuff is influenced from Jurassic Park. And he is, yeah, uh, is a Jurassic Park VHS behind him too. Oh yeah, yeah. How appropriate. <laughs> that's not on purpose. <laughs> I I will never get over how the special effects from a movie in 1993 like absolutely blow away like well wow. over half of the stuff that comes out today. It's, it's yeah. nuts. I forget I forget who I was talking to like recently, literally about the same thing. And, um, you know, it's just I think they just knew what they were doing, you know, mm. <laughs> but it is well, like when it I is weird. Like when, they... when you watch The Lost World, like I feel like the uh, the graphics are still better than the first one. And that movie's came out four years after. And it's the same team. still mm-hmm. Spielberg. So it's just weird how it still holds up better. I don't know. It's magic. It's movie magic. But like you got like, you know, 93 and let's say 97. uh, And then you've got like the reboot quills or whatever the hell they are that Mm -hmm. came out, you know, five years ago that looked like hot garbage in comparison. Yeah, I think they still look pretty good. But yeah, you you can definitely tell there's more CGI Mm -hmm. than um, I, I don't even think there's. I would dare to say that I don't think there's any practical like dinosaur effects in the newer ones mm. where they did a mixture of both you know you had stan winston working on the, the original and i think that helps a lot yeah why absolutely. it holds up so well so well i mean I as, as horror fans we always uh you know hold up those those 1980s practical effects in high regard and you know take that into the dinosaur subgenre it's yeah. got a lot going for it as well absolutely so at this point, uh, Tim, would you like to jump into your reading? Then we'll talk about the book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do a long um, two and a half hour reading. Um, so strap in, Bellas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a quick reading. Uh, this is in the beginning of the book. Uh, it follows the two main characters who are uh, bounty hunters, and they've just got offered a very lucrative job from the United States government. And as soon as that happens, uh, two tyrannosaurs attack the town. So this kind of picks up like right there. So here we go. From the saloon's front window, Charlie Archer watched the bull take down the watchtower in a single effortless nudge. The feat was impressive, and he now knew the beasts were hunting, not scavenging tonight. Hunting for themselves, 
for the nests they had left behind. In his experience, tyrannosaurs were primarily scavenger types, not much for hunting. But sometimes desperation called, and the beasts had to do what they had to do in order to stay atop the food chain. I'm going to go check on our friend, Nellie said, releasing her twin revolvers from the leather holster's captivity. Don't go out there, Charlie warned. Seriously, those tyrannosaurs are on the hunt, and they'll take everything they can get, even a skinny little thing like you. What a compliment, she said, rolling her eyes. Is that the best you got? For the moment. Check back when a, a few blocks down from a couple of man-eating gargantuans. Come with me, she nodded at the small hotel across the way and slightly diagonal from their current position. Of course, they would have to travel toward the tyrannosaurs in order to reach the establishment. But the mom and pop were currently occupied, chewing on their first kill, crunching the town's lookout between their powerful jaws. Wouldn't be long before they finished and moved on to their next snack. The window of opportunity was closing and closing quickly. Let's just make sure Smitty's all right. It'll put my mind to ease, and I'll track knowing better the paperwork is in order. Can't see the sense in it. She didn't seem to take offense to that statement. Instead, she continued to watch the two beasts devour their reward. I really need that money, Mr. Archer. I really do, and I don't think a man like you could understand. Need the money? I think a big celebrity gunfighter like you wouldn't need any. You'd be surprised. And she was right about that. He was surprised. He thought she'd earn a pretty penny in those shootout tournaments, not to mention some of the bounties she collected on the side. She wasn't as prolific as he was in that department, but she'd made a name for herself among the bounty hunter community. Maybe she had a drug problem or an alcohol problem. Gambling? Shit. He could name at least 10 in his inner circle who had at least one of those three. Most of them had two of those problems. It was common. Maybe she was in deep with some vicious, unforgiving sharks, and this coin from Washington was her only way out. It was a hell of a lot of money. Hell of a lot. But Charlie saw past the dollar signs. He only saw the name Francis Burner. All right, he said, giving up. Such was the way with Charlie Archer and beautiful women. Let's see him through this, make sure he doesn't meet the teeth of our new friends. Thank you. The two of them stood and then headed out into the moonlit drag of Oak Creek. That's it. That's the reading. Thanks, All right, so, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing some reading for us. Yeah, no um, problem. Now you've you've written you know uh, stories with dinosaurs before. I know you have Primal Terra um, mm -hmm. at least, but is this kind of your first foray into Western? Yeah, yeah, this is the first Western thing I think I've ever written. I mean, I don't even think I even I might have written like a flash fiction piece, um, like a Western piece for Patreon back when I had a Patreon, but that was like kind of abstract and um not like a straightforward western so this was like my first western western and uh i had a blast writing it it was really fun yeah it's one of those books you you read it and you can just tell that you had fun writing it <laughs> yeah, definitely so, had fun writing it. well now now i'm thinking that you know you you've kind of outed yourself as a dinosaur kid i feel like there probably wasn't a ridiculous ton of research as far as the dinosaurs go maybe you just had that in your head already but as far as the western the the historical aspect of it uh how much research did you do and what's your process for that do you go do you write and then go back or do you kind of work through in pieces yeah like so that was kind of the that was kind of my biggest worry going into this thing was because i wanted to write something that actually that felt like it actually took place in the old West um, just with dinosaurs in it. So um, I kind of wanted to be 
pretty accurate, but also, I mean, it has fucking dinosaurs in it. So I didn't really need to be, <laughs> I didn't really need to be that accurate. So, uh, I, I mean, I did a, I did like some research on locations and like some territories and, and, uh, things like that. Just, um, you, you know, figures back then, um, and then laws because <laughs> the whole, um, the main plot of the book is that the two characters or it ends up being three characters. They go to stop this gang of outlaws that um, are poaching pteranodons. And um, I like the whole book hinges on this. And I was always thinking to myself, like was poaching like ever illegal back then? Did they even like, care about that stuff. And so like research led me uh, to discover that they didn't give a shit about animals and they really, nobody like really cared about animals or, um, you know, at least like killing them and them possibly going extinct until like much, much later in the timeline. Um, so like that kind of like put a damper on things, but then I was like, you know what? It's my crazy dinosaur Western book. I'm going to do what I want. And um, if you read the book, like there's actually a reason behind it that comes like later um, that kind of just came out of nowhere, but that eventually ended up saving all the things I was worried about, how it couldn't be realistic. If that any of that makes sense. It does. If you read it. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice fallback too. you know, if you, if you have that, uh, ornery reader who, you know, Hey, this, this model of uh pistol didn't exist in 1870. Yeah. It's like, well, there it's, it's dinosaurs, There's man. Dinosaurs like get it, over man. it. Yeah. <laughs> How mad are you going to be? You gotta be historically accurate with your dinosaur Western. No. <laughs> so fun facts. That's we're talking about dinosaurs. Marco Polo in his book, the travels of Marco Polo. He, um, <clears throat> he lived during the 13th century. So it's not, <clears throat> It's not crazy far from now. I mean, yeah, it's like 700 years ago, but he even recorded that. Uh, I believe it was the uh, Chinese had, he called them serpents, but it kind of led to think of dragons or dinosaurs that they were um, basically like, uh, I guess, a horse or an elephant to to uh, use as transportation. And I'm only saying it's only 700 years ago because I mean, it's it sounds like it could have been if that is accurate, at least a very close ancestor to a dinosaur. That's <laughs> so so kind of cool going on your point of like, yeah, it's an alternate history, but I mean, you never know. Uh, you never know, like that one thing that could have wiped them out if that one comet or whatever didn't come what would life be like now? It'd be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. We probably wouldn't exist. If that happened, we wouldn't be around maybe I think, but, uh, cause I, I think the climate was so different back then that like, there would be no possible way for us and these animals to coexist. But it is interesting to think about if, if, if it did happen. So that's kind of where this was, was born. Yeah, I mean, mm. definitely different oxygen levels and uh, different, uh, I'm sure, different uh, heat, different mm -hmm. levels of heat and, you know, bacteria and other other things of that nature, like bugs back then, who, who knows if one bite could have just totally fucked you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bugs back then were like a size of a horse. <laughs> Not interested, thank you. <laughs>
So your your main characters in here, Charlie, Finn, and Eleanor, I wonder, were any of them even loosely based off like famous historical figures from the West or are they, you know, pure Meyer? No, they were, uh, they were pure me. Um, yeah, I didn't really base them off of any actual, um, historical though. I mean, after even just reading that, like I kind of got, um, for Nelly, like echoes of like calamity Jane, just like a little bit. Um, and I, I think she's like such a, a fun historical character, and especially if you ever watched um, the HBO show Deadwood. Deadwood. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I thought of. Yeah. I was. Like, I'm fuck like. Up your day. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I fucking love that show so much, and yeah. um, like Calamity Jane, and that is such a great character. But uh, Nelly's not, you know, as crazy as as Calamity Jane was in that show. Um, but there's definitely like just some, some traces of her and, uh, you know, she's just like a strong, powerful lead. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely loved reading her. Now, is that a character you would consider revisiting in, yeah. in the future? So it's funny. Uh, I do have a loose idea for, to continue like the series. Um, it would be like a separate story based in the same you know universe um but that could leave um some opportunity open for some returning characters in it uh what about pterodon canyon why'd you go with that dinosaur um i don't know i i just kind of came up with the uh the name first it was one of those like oh it'd be cool to write a dinosaur western and just call it Tyrannodon Canyon, and then I kind of built the story around it. Um, so that's, I guess, the easy answer. Um, the the second answer to that would just be like, because Tyrannodons are cool, because like they just fly around. They got those big beaks. They just like they murder. They're awesome. There's this one scene where they are holding up the beak, a uh, cutoff beak, and juices are flowing out and yeah gross stuff uh, yeah and you relate it to milk yeah can you not drink milk ever again now i mean like i still can but <laughs> you're not gonna like it it's not gonna I, taste as good i don't know i'm a little disturbed by that shit tim. <laughs> so tim and here uh, when we're talking about things like that is there i did wonder if you did research I don't even know how to put it into concise words, things of that nature where uh, maybe it's not a dinosaur, but there are certain traits or certain disgusting uh, details of uh, juices or whatever of an animal that you're like, yeah, that's going in, in this story. Um, I mean, I've never cut open a Tyrannodon's beak before, so there was no <laughs> like firsthand research going into that. Um no, I know that's uh it's a good question. Um, but no, I don't I don't really research that stuff too deeply, you know. Um has there been a um kind of a, a wave of feedback on this book now? Uh I yeah, I mean so far it's been like what you guys have pretty much said. It's just uh it's just fun. It's just a fun, fast paced uh thrill ride through the old west but with dinosaurs so yeah the feedback so far has been great 
Um, the book hasn't been released yet, so only a handful of people have gotten arcs, a handful of reviewers. So, um, you know, feedback's been, you know, small so far, but that's okay. Um, once the book comes out, there'll probably be more of that. So I really like how you, uh, just write whatever you want. And, uh, it's, I mean, I'm only going to list a few titles, but last year, but like in summer, um, was a, uh, for those that don't know, coming of age story. Um, Oh, I do remember at that book festival, I saw you at, uh, I, I specific, like, I I think I was walking away or talking to one of the other fellows there. And there was a customer that asked you about malignant summer. And in my head, it, it brought me back to just thinking of how creepy that character is. And there was, since last we talked, I thought of a character from a childhood movie. I saw that creeped me out. Who mother reminds me of, and that's um, uh, Darkness Falls, the Tooth Fairy character. Okay, yeah. In yeah, this, in the sense where it's like it's, it's this female that is just you can see her, and she's just as terrifying, if not scarier, which isn't always easy to pull off with monsters mm. because they're usually scarier when you're describing them and uh, seeing the. Uh, effects of how someone reacts to them yeah um but yeah so we have malignant summer uh you got your book limb which that thing's a fun weird ride uh limbs yeah sorry limbs uh switch house and now you're on pterodon canyon and it's just um it's really cool seeing you kind of not hold back from what content you write about Thanks, man. Yeah, it's um, I kind of plan it that way. I uh, I don't want to write, you know, the same thing every time. I don't want to always write like haunted house novels or, you know, demon possession novels, even though those are two of my favorite things to write about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've always I've always admired careers like Joe R. Lansdale, who can just like write like a thriller to a crime thriller to write something like the drive-in, which is just batshit crazy, like (laughs) borderline bizarro. Um, And like, I just, I love that. I love like when, when writers can just write whatever they want and um, like have readers follow them too into those different territories. Um, You know, you might not like to read crime thrillers, but, if you're a fan of Joe R. Lansdale's The Drive-In, you're probably going to pick up a Happen Leonard novel just because his writing's so phenomenal. So, I uh, yeah, I like doing that stuff. I like you know jumping between different subgenres, but I mean it all it all falls into the horror category for me. Um, I don't see myself like ever writing like a romance novel or um, a cozy mystery novel. Not that you know there's anything wrong with that obviously um and i i I might i just might not do it like under my own name (laughs) gotcha maybe you've already done it maybe i have i mean Uh, you you are you are a prolific writer (laughs) so i wouldn't be surprised i'm not telling first off i just i just want to give a, a shout out to tim for so gracefully even you know thanking patrick for the question have you ever researched animal juices? That's a new one. <laughs> I don't think you've ever asked anybody about that before. That's wild. Um, I I say, talk about... I've never been asked that before in all the interviews <laughs> I've done. So that's a first. Uh, we're a show of firsts. 
Um, I want to talk about the cover uh, covers, actually. So the paperback, the trade paperback that's coming out on the 22nd is yep. uh, Chad Lutsky. And yes. he did such a cool job on that. Yeah, um, very cool job. Yeah. And, and I want to hear a little bit about, you know, what your back and forth with him, uh, what you wanted and, you know, how the finished product turns out. But I hope you'll talk about the Thunderstorm version, too, which uh, sold out. Congratulations. Thanks. Because uh, that's such a cool, like almost like retro movie poster feel yeah. to it. Yeah, I, um, you know, for the Thunderstorm release, that one was actually done first. And um, Paul from Thunderstorm, he uh, he came up with the artist. He got with the artist. Uh, David Acosta is his name who did it. Uh, and he's done covers for, for Thunderstorm before. And uh, yeah, he like Paul just messaged me. and was like, hey, David, uh, I think we'd do good with dinosaurs. He, he draws dinosaurs really well. So I was like, sure, whatever. I mean, uh, you know, Paul runs Thunderstorm so well and he has such a like a good vision for you know covers and and what things should look like so i i kind of just like was like yeah sure whatever just you know he asked me i think for ideas and i was just like uh a canyon um some pteranodons probably a cowboy and maybe a t-rex and and that was kind of it that was like all i i kind of put out there and then I, I got like that gorgeous you know cover and um it's it's awesome i actually want to get like a poster of it like a huge yeah poster and just put it in my room and then so uh i had another artist lined up to do the paperback version but something came up with them they had to drop out and so um like i i kind of needed something pretty quickly because we wanted to get the pre-order up for it and uh you know chad lutsky has been been kind of diving into doing some covers uh for a few folks and uh i was just like hey if you want to take a, a crack at it, you know, let me know. And he's like, I would love to. It sounds interesting. So I kind of gave him the same thing. I'm like, Canyon, T-Rex, Cowboy, Pteranodons, make it happen. And uh, he whipped this up and I, it was, it was, it was almost perfect. Like from the first, you know, what he first showed me the, like everything was perfect. We just had to like work out the colors. And so we went back and forth with a few color schemes and, and um, the font, I mean, I talked to Chad like pretty much every day. So it's it was easy to kind of like just go back and forth with him with with stuff, um, you know, where sometimes with artists, you don't you only get to give them the original idea, then they run with it and then you see it and then you can make like small changes. If you're lucky, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it, it is what it is and you don't get that option. Um, but yeah, with Chad, it was easy because we're just, you know, we're good friends and we talk, like I said, almost every day. So it was mm. constantly back and forth. I just checked out the cover, the thunderstorm one. I don't think I saw that before. That's uh yeah, that'd be a really cool uh, yeah, cover. It's, it's so cool. I love like the <clears throat> ginormous T-Rex with like the, the stuff hanging out of his mouth. It's awesome. My, <laughs> that was a poster I'd get for my kids room he's super into dinosaurs get it for him get it for him <laughs> where, where would i buy it <laughs> where i you could you could just download it download the picture and get it printed out at a walmart if you wanted to that's true make it's, your own that sounds yes. illegal is it i, I have no idea <laughs> it sounds illegal but it's probably not <laughs> just like coaching tyrannodons <laughs> exactly. not technically illegal <laughs> 
Tim, uh, what else you got in the pipeline, man? Oh man, what do I have in a pipeline? I got a, I kind of got the short story bug um, this year, so I've been spending a lot of time um, writing short stories, and I have uh, so far three acceptances this year that will be coming out in in three separate anthologies. I don't even know which ones I can talk about, which I can't talk about. So I'm not even going to try, but um, I'll post about it on social media when I, when I get the official word. Um, so I got that. I have a, sh- a short story collection that's like in the pipeline with um, a potential publisher. Nice. Again, don't know what's going to exactly happen with that. Um, so, but it's looking like it, it might happen. So there, there could be a uh, short story collection coming out probably next year. Um, got possibly a couple of novellas coming out that I also can't talk about. I just have like a lot of stuff that I, I can't talk about yet. Cause like either the contracts aren't signed yet or um, they're just like waiting waiting to be accepted or they're they're signed and uh i just can't talk about them <laughs> but people but, uh, should be excited because there's stuff people, coming there's stuff coming yeah and then i have like two novels that are that are kind of ready to go also um just trying to find homes for them so uh yeah it's it's exciting because there's there's a lot of stuff coming and um yeah, this is Tyrannodon Canyon's like my first release, I think, since Malignant Summer last year. So it's been almost mm. a year since I've had something new come out. Um, and so that's very exciting. Uh, one thing I think I can talk about, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Kill Hill Carnage is getting re released uh, this year, probably before scares i care in july um nice. that'll, that'll be coming out through grindhouse press nice um so yeah really excited about that uh the cover for that is amazing and i can't wait to share that so um i wish i could share it with you but i haven't gotten the permission to do that yet so uh i won't um trying to think what else i have like concrete i think it's just that i think it's just you know a lot of short stories and uh, a few things in the pipeline so we'll see awesome well but if you follow me on social media i'll i'll definitely tweet instagram or facebook about it which leads us to where can people follow you uh instagram twitter and facebook <laughs> and uh I have a website, yeah, com, where you can see me never blog about anything, but I'm there. What's your handle on the social media platforms? Oh, uh, what is my handle? Um, I think it's at timmeyer 11 but it's Tim M. Meyer. So it's like three M's in there. Because for some reason, when I created them, like just Tim Meyer was taken, and I was like, "That's stupid. I don't like that." But uh, yeah, so I had to throw an M in there, and my my middle name doesn't even start with an M. But I, I just thought <laughs> I I just thought I just thought the three M's together were were a cool idea. So these are my thoughts. <laughs> Perfect, uh, Brendan. You got anything to add before we say goodnight? No, man. Thanks for your time. And I, I hope that a lot of people check this out because it's a fun as hell book. I think a lot of people are going to dig it. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I had fun talking about this book. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you got anything uh, that you want to say before we close out there, Tim? Me? No, just uh, just buy the book if you want to. If you don't want to, that's cool. I won't judge you.